Hello and welcome to Fleet Meat. This is Mike Antich. I'm editor of Automotive Fleet Magazine. And today, the topic of discussion is going to be fleet safety programs. And hi, I'm Hans Dahmen. I'm managing partner for Fleet 360. So, Mike, uh, we already had a bit of a chat about the whole topic, and you had some very interesting comments around a more holistic approach to si uh, driver safety programs. So, not just liability and exposure, but uh, yeah, please, uh, please give us some insights on that. Well, you know, too often fleet managers tend to view fleet safety as a com one component within a fleet safe of a fleet management program. But actually, fleet safety is interrelated to a lot of other corporate initiatives that are going on. You know, the key um, aspects to a driver's safety program is, you know, dri having drivers drive at reduced speed, drive less aggressively. But this not only increases the safety of that vehicle while it's on the road, mm -hmm. but it also helps reduce fuel spin. So that ties in to overall cost containment. It also eliminates the amount of fuel that's burned. So that ties into a corporate sustainability program. So in many ways, fleet safety programs are very much interchangeable with your corporate sustainability and your cost containment programs and should not be viewed as a separate component, but an integral part in trying to accomplish all three of those goals. No, clearly, um, uh, well, yeah, well commended. Um, I, it's certainly something that, uh, that should make also fleet managers think and, and take this topic to different levels within the organization. So in keeping with uh, the theme of our um, video series, we're gonna be examining how fleet safety may differ between the European market and the North American market. And mm. privacy is a key issue uh, with driver safety. However, you know, abrogating some driver privacy is oftentimes in North America a condition of employment. You need to be uh, willing to accept the, the tracking of you uh, as a driver as a condition of your employment. In Europe, it's different, isn't it, Hans? Uh, in many ways, <laughs> you cannot yeah. track the location of a driver. It's, it is very different, but it already starts with the way um, why people are um, getting a company car. Uh, you know, in the U.S., predominantly, it's a, it's a tool. It's getting the job done. It's part of the requirements. It's, it's the same as getting a laptop and a phone uh, just to get the job done. Uh, but in Europe, uh, a major portion of that fleet is still part of the compensation package. And that makes it far more sensitive of having the same requirements of meeting safety standards and, and GPS tracking and so on uh, being built into the vehicle with the approval of both the employee, but also works council unions and so on. Now, I must say the topic is also being often being, let's say, abused by saying, no, this cannot be done because of uh, privacy and so on. But there are many things that you can collect uh, and where drivers do have responsibility, certainly within the working hours. Um, and, and that is, uh, you know, something that, that, that needs persistence and clear communication to all the stakeholders uh, to ensure that still a program is being put in, in, into place. Because that's also where, you know, what we see with, uh, within the European marketplace compared to the US is that although there is an, an, an overall safety concern and it has impact on cost, where most vehicles in Europe are part of operational leasing, uh, the, the effect of, uh, let's say, tire spend and so on is not directly with the customer, but fuel spend and so on certainly, certainly is, which is also 
uh, being uh, having a knock-on effect from uh, some certain driver behavior. Mm -hmm. Talking about, for example, ADES uh, systems, uh, so the, 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 the systems to support driving behavior and so on. Uh, you know, it's becoming mandatory in Europe. European regulations uh, prescribe now that certain elements should be available on every car, which is making the very low end of the vehicles, the cheaper vehicles, almost unaffordable. We have all the technology that needs to go in there as a minimum requirement. But um, what about the US? Is that as strict as it is over there as it is here? It is. And, and my, you know, the technology is phenomenal. The technology mm. definitely mm. prevents accidents. And, and, and you know, I won't go into another anecdotal story on that, but it does prevent accidents. My big concern about ADAS is that it could breed driver complacency. And, you know, okay. to date myself a bit, you know, back when ABS or anti-lock brakes were first developed back in the late 80s, uh, early 90s, you know, everybody assumed that there was going to be a decrease in the amount of accidents. Well, just the opposite happened. Accidents actually increased. And the reason oh, for wow. that is the drivers had this complacent attitude. I can drive a little bit aggressively. I can drive a little bit faster than the speed limit mm -hmm. because the technology is going to protect me. And, and that's the concern that I have with, uh, with uh, ADAS is there's nothing wrong with the technology. As I said, it's phenomenal, but it's really driver behavior. And it comes down to this whole fundamental aspect of uh, fleet safety. You know, are you managing the asset or are you managing, you know, driver behavior? And in, in the case here of this technology works wonderfully, but you got to make sure that the driver behavior doesn't get out of control and too complacent. No, true. true. And, and, and that's what we see here as well when we design safety programs together with customers and, and so on, is, is that to avoid complacency, also to avoid people getting used to the message you're sending, uh, we have designed a, a safety program for a global technology company. And, and, and all we did is we kind of um, made sure that these people were in front of the message all the time. So we had put stickers on the elevators to say, okay, although this elevator goes up, accident rate should go down. We had table talkers at their lunchroom and they had monthly emails, sometimes talking about their scores on the driver behavior system, sometimes with general hints and tips. You know, winter is coming, make sure you do your tires and everything. And by doing and talking to the drivers on a monthly basis, at least, the biggest results were achieved. And uh, we are a bit proud of this, is that this technology company has their own internal competition about safety programs and the safety program that we addressed together uh, with our sponsor internally there did won the global safety award so so what we did see there is that you have to const constantly communicate about what is important and why we are doing this and not only to the company car drivers but to the whole community mm -hmm. also private drivers or people that don't have a company car you want them to go safe home and, and, and go get back to their families. And, and, and Very so true. On. You know, one of the secrets of success in fleet safety is over communicating. And then that's a good mm -hmm. example of how that was uh, viable. But the number yeah. one issue continues to be distracted driving. And I, and I see that issue growing in the future as more technology finds its way into the vehicles. And we have an interesting interview with uh, Corey Wanarawicz. Oh, true. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Chief Revenue Officer for NoSell. Why don't we switch it over to Corey and see what he has to say in regards to this. So safety is a huge issue among global multinational fleets. And what is uh, NoSell doing in order to try to make fleets safer? So NoSell is, um, is 
a proactive anti-distracted driving technology. So what we're trying to do is get every driver home safe every single night, not letting the cell phone be a distraction and having them, you know, look down at the cell phone for five seconds and, and go the 150 yards or whatever it is and get into some type of accident or, or crash, right? We're trying to take the distraction of the cell phone away from the driver so that they can complete their day, their mission, whatever they're, they're doing that, that, uh, um, that day. Um, we just want to make sure that they get home safely. Corey just hit the nail on the head. You know, cell phone use while driving is extremely dangerous. Just that few seconds that you're taking your eye off the road, you could travel, mm -hmm. you know, over uh, uh, close to 100 yards, depending on the speed that you're traveling. Sure. So it's, sure. it's very uh, risky behavior mm -hmm. behind the wheel of the vehicle. But one thing about mm -hmm. fleet sure. safety you know, distracted driving was not really that big an issue, you know, 20, 30 years ago until the advent of this technology. And, and it's the key point that comes out of this is that fleet safety is a constantly evolving topic. And right now, you know, as we're in the COVID, post-COVID period, however you define it, you know, a whole new issue has now arisen out of, um, of safety that, mm -hmm. that arises out of this pandemic. And that is the fact that the pandemic has disrupted supply chains. It's more difficult now for companies to get replacement vehicles. And the quick solution is to simply extend the service life of a vehicle for another year. What's happening yeah. is we're getting pushback now from drivers saying, hey, wait a second. You know, I'm driving an, an extra 20,000 miles a year now. I'm not mm -hmm. feeling safe in this vehicle. And, sure. you know, the yeah. company responses are going to vary, uh, but it goes all the way to the extreme that if a company, if an employee is vocal enough about this uneasiness of driving a higher mileage vehicle, I've known companies mm -hmm. that have taken them out of their company car, put that in storage or for sale, and then put them into a rental unit. That's a big cost increase, right? Huge cost increase. But, yeah. you know, I guess the, the, stand, the idea being is that it minimizes liability exposure. Sure. You know, if sure. the driver gets into an accident, the retort is, yeah. well, you know, it was because of the car I was driving. It was an unsafe yeah. vehicle. True. Well, you know, with operational leasing and maintenance being the responsibility of the leasing companies, we don't expect anybody to be in an unsafe vehicle. It's, you know, it might be aging and so on, but it's, it's, it's never tolerated to be unsafe. There is no cutting corners on, on tires and brakes and, and, and so on. But at some stage, even... Leasing companies have to say, sorry, can't extend this contract anymore. It's beyond also, uh, let's say, the economic life cycle, and, and we have to find a solution. But that's very often in, in good and, and close communication with the customer. Very good. It's a never-ending uh, battle that fleet managers are fighting in order to keep their drivers safe, their assets uh, uh, out of accidents. And uh, mm. we're going to continue to follow this. So thank you, sure. Hans, for today's discussion. And we'll pick yeah, it up thanks, Mike. next week. All right, good. So thanks everybody. If you have, uh, thanks for watching. If you have any additional comments or questions, leave them uh, below the video here. Uh, we're happy to pick up on, uh, on them and, and get your response. Uh, so uh, for everybody, drive safe. Okay, goodbye everyone.